welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's Word, with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and I'm here today with my co-host, Angela Donadio, and y'all, this is a bittersweet month. Sweet because I get to be with my friend, Angela, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior and how it applies to our giving this month, but bitter, well, I'm not bitter. Because my precious friend Angela is leaving us for another effective door of ministry that the Lord has opened for her, and I'm so excited for her. Oh, thank you, Denise. I'm sad. I I have mixed (laughs) feelings today, and I've been so grateful for just this year to spend with you and with our listeners and just to see what what God has done through the Black and White Podcast. Yes, he's used it all. And you know, he's used it to prepare you for the work he's called you you to. Thank you. So we may have to whip out the tissues, but what y'all don't know is that we always have the tissues down here. That's right. Uh, Guys, kingdom mentality here. This podcast is not about me or Angela, and it has been such a joy to serve with her this past year. But we also have some good news at the end of the month, so hang with us this month as we celebrate Christmas, and we'll have an announcement at the end of December to celebrate with y'all. It's huge, y'all. Yay! I am so excited about what the Lord is doing with the Black and White Podcast, because it's not ending. There's just some amazing things happening here as well, as where is well he's where he's leading me, and I'll be working with Charisma Media and launching a podcast either in January or February, and we'll send out more details later. Awesome. So, Angela, how in the world did we get to December already? I'm not ready. I know. I know, I know. I was saying the other day, I wish Thanksgiving and and Christmas were further apart because it feels like like everything just happens at one time. Wouldn't it be nice if Thanksgiving was like in March and then we could have months and months to prepare for Christmas? It's like decorating and food planning and Christmas buying, and it's just it all comes at one time. But, you know, I, I also just feel like time is just cruising I agree. so fast in general. But it always is around Christmas time mm-hmm. as well. So, Angela, tell the truth. Have you ever <laughs> re-gifted a gift <laughs> you got at Christmas? Oh, that's sad. I have. And I hope it wasn't anyone who's listening to me. You know, I think we do the best we can. And people's tastes are so, like... Um, you know, over-individualized and customized now. And I still like getting personal gifts for people and I like receiving them, but I, I can see why the gift cards are easier. But at the same time, like you want to get someone something personal and then sure enough, you're like, oh, this is not for me and I've rewrapped it. Yeah, a couple things, unfortunately. <laughs> well, if it's not re-gifting, there's also the returns, right? Yep, I mean, yep. my kids tease me about the returns that they sometimes do, of gifts I get them, especially as one of my daughters calls it the mom jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I bought her one year or maybe more than one year. <laughs> She's like, oh no, it's the mom jeans again. <laughs> Uh, I might not always give what they want, but my harsh desire is to give them what they need. Mm. You know, I was just talking with my mother-in-law. She's visiting us right now. And my son has such eccentric and specific taste. And she was agonizing at dinner, like, (laughs) what am I going to get him? And my parents called and asked the same thing. And I just basically said, let's just do, you know, the Amazon gift cards or Mm -hmm. the things they can use because you end up returning. And like my son's in Miami in college, so that's just a lot more inconvenient. In fact, she told me this whole story about how she, my mom's mother in law's Italian, she made him stromboli from scratch and sent it, and it didn't get delivered on time, got returned to the post office, went back to get it. By the time he got it, it was like a big molded box. <laughs> so sometimes it's just like not even worth it. Just send him a gift card through the 
computer and let it be done, you know. <laughs> so, okay, we, we are trying to get you guys into the right Christmas spirit. <laughs> Hang with us because we have a good goal here. So, you know, this makes me think of our Savior. He gave us something mm-hmm. we did not know we needed. Lost in our sin, we did not understand why God had to come to pay for our sin and why he would come as a baby. Every Christmas, I want to be intentional to know something more of what our Savior did for us. And so I got this idea this year of re-gifting what Christ gave to us. This would be one time when re-gifting is not only acceptable, but I believe pleasing to God. I love that, Denise. And, you know, we have our wish list and our wants list, but we should start first with what we really need. You know, and God knows what we need. And and if we've been given something what sweeter gift but to give to someone else what God has done in us and through us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm just excited to share what's on our heart, you know, through these next few episodes. Me too. You know, I think about when what they need. Um, sometimes my children are given uh, gift cards or cash gifts. And, you know, if you leave uh, my youngest to their devices, it'll be yeah. a bunch of candy, two cavities, and a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I need to help you with that, what you need. Well, in this episode, we'll be discussing and applying the gift of forgiveness. The scripture for this episode is taken from Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive any complaint you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Angela, the regifting of forgiveness in this verse is not a suggestion. It's true. And I was just um, at a conference last weekend where Lisa Turker spoke, and then I shared on Sunday at church, and I shared partly about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness is a choice. And sometimes we don't understand forgiveness, so we withhold it or we parcel it out. And, you know, Scripture tells us in, these, in the same way that we forgive others is the way in which Christ forgives mm-hmm. us. So it's it's critical. It's not a suggestion, and it's not if I get around to this. And Forgiveness doesn't mean we ignore what has been done to us. It just means that we no longer are going to be bound by it and we're not going to be um, held captive by um, what has been done to us or what we did to ourselves. In fact, when I spoke last Sunday at church, someone came up to me um, afterwards and said, I had no problem forgiving the other person. I just could not forgive myself. Mm. So forgiveness is not only a gift we can re-gift others, it's a, it's a gift we give ourselves as well. Oh, that's so good. So let's unwrap this forgiveness challenge. So there is this progression to forgiveness that we see in this passage from Colossians. First, we are to bear with each other, which can really be a bear sometimes, right? Mm. This means we don't get easily offended and we overlook the things that bug us. Second, we are to forgive any complaint, not just some but all. And third, we are to forgive as the Lord forgave you. Angela, the Lord went to drastic measures to make sure we knew he had forgiven us. How do we re-gift such a lavish forgiveness? Mm. You know, it's just such a beautiful picture. And, and we're never going to probably forgive as completely and purely mm. as Christ forgave us. But he's our example and our model. And, you know, think about all the different times he forgave, even in you know, on the cross, you know, forgive, they don't know what they're doing. And that just shows us that his forgiveness was selfless. He was not worried about being right. He was right. He was more concerned with winning our hearts and ensuring that we were free from sin's power. Mm. When we think about setting other people free instead of being right, Mm. that is so crucial. You know, and, and so he was more concerned for the offender 
because he was for the offender. Mm. How often do we forgive, but we are not for the other person? And his forgiveness was humble. He did not come with an apology like the Fonz on Happy Days, <laughs> if you remember. He couldn't even say sorry. <laughs> but Christ, who had done nothing wrong, still came in humility as a baby in human form, though he was king of kings. This is so opposite of our prideful world. It really is, Denise. And he was also extravagant in his forgiveness. He did not limit it. It was not based on anyone earning it. It was just unconditional. They had to just receive it and believe it. He didn't give a gift of forgiveness that cost him nothing, but it cost him everything. So when we forgive others, that shows us that it will cost us something. This is so good. So can we do the same? That is the re-gift challenge we have before us. If you are listening, will you join us in this challenge? Who in your life can you forgive who does not deserve your forgiveness? Who is perhaps unrepentant? How can we demonstrate Christ's love and re-gift the forgiveness we were given? I do want to add here that there are circumstances where you need to be wise. Ask God who he would have you forgive and how. You know, obviously you're supposed to forgive everyone, but sometimes you have to be careful in how you relate to people if there's been abuse in the background, for instance. So it will look different depending on who it is. Hmm. You know, even something that was said this past weekend with Lisa was, God is always after redemption and redeeming what has been lost, but reconciliation is not always possible. I think sometimes we blur the lines. We think, well, if I forgive this person, that means I have to reconcile or I have to have a long, you know, relationship. Sometimes, you know, let's just imagine a woman has been raped. You're not going to have a relationship with that person. But what you're doing is say, I'm canceling the debt. I'm canceling my tie to that person that's being held. And God can still redeem what was lost in me. And um, she gave a powerful example of her own life, um, having to forgive Art for his infidelity. And in the counseling, she said to him, the counselor one day, and this was when Art had no no desire to reconcile. And the counselor said, are you ready to forgive? And she said, absolutely not. Like, that's years down the road. And he mm-hmm. said, okay. And he said, well, let's just do this instead. And he handed her a stack of three-by-five cards. And he said, I want you to just take a card and write one thing per card of what he's done that's hurt you. And let's talk about the facts of what he has done. So she did that. And she kind of looked back at all these cards all over the room and almost justified and like, see, this is why I can't forgive. Look at all this hurt. And he said, now I'm going to give you a stack of red felt. And everywhere that you have a card, you're going to put a piece of red felt and say, I choose to forgive you for that fact. Mm. And whatever my feelings will not yet allow, I know the blood of Jesus is enough. Mm. And first we have to forgive for the facts of what has been done. But what I feel like is even more difficult and agonizing is to forgive for the impact of what has been done to us. So we can just say, I forgive you that this happened, but it's what did that cost us? What was the impact of that? And that I think is, is a longer process of forgiveness. So asking God to help us forgive is so important, especially in abusive or really toxic relationships or like what I was saying when the other person isn't even, you know, repentant at all. So we have to consider what does forgiveness look like for me in those situations? How can I communicate forgiveness? It could be a letter. It could be a phone call. It could be a meeting where you share your gift and your message. And if that person is not even here anymore, it can still be a gift you're giving yourself and Mm. re-gift that 
gift of forgiveness and redemption that God wants to do. So the Lord will lead you and a gift will usher you into the presence of a king. Yes, love that. You know, and, and also covering this meeting or letter with prayer and having a scripture or two ready or in the letter can work miracles in our hearts. The word of God never returns void and works better than our words alone. God gives us wisdom and we search for scriptures not to bash any, someone with, but to soften hearts and our hearts as well. We need to walk in that forgiveness we've received and realize that we need to give the forgiveness in the same manner it was given to us. That's right. And if we wait until we feel like it, Denise, it may Mm. never happen. That's why it was so critical for Lisa to say, what my feelings are not going to allow, Jesus is enough even for those places. It doesn't mean we're fake. It just means we're starting the process by engaging our will. And that means we have to be humble. We have to have no expectations. Christ was not wanting us to give back, so we should seek only to forgive without wanting them to respond in like manner. That's unconditional forgiveness. The raw truth is that true forgiveness is not conditional. The radical grace is when forgiveness is hard, God is able to help us offer what was offered freely to us. And the real hope is when we forgive others, we are often the ones set free. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.